You guys know uh, Chris Michaels, like I just made mention, that's Pastor Russ's wife. Uh, she was telling me a story a while back uh, that when she was a, a young girl, her and a friend went on a bike trip just around the neighborhood, and, and they, they got out, not in like a city, but in the outskirts of, of suburbs and stuff like that. And they're cruising around, they go down this hill, and at the bottom of the hill, they kind of wipe out at the bottom of the hill. And there's like, call it a yard sale for those of you that like hockey, you know. It's a yard sale, you got sticks and gloves everywhere. So they had bikes and helmets and everything everywhere as they rolled around uh, when they couldn't make this turn. Well, they were laying there, and then all of a sudden, this dude on a 10-speed bike comes like out of nowhere and kind of picks him up and helps him, brushes him off, and makes sure that they're okay and stuff like that. And, you know, where do you guys live? Okay, well, you, can you make it home? Yeah, we can make it home. Bikes are fine. So he's doing the inspection and everything, and then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to be on my way. And so he gets on his 10-speed bike and takes off. Well, what Chris remembers is, and her girlfriend as well, is that this dude like came out of nowhere and then he like vanished like he was never even there. And so what they maintain even today is that they thought that that was like an angel. It had such an impact on them that this is like some kind of angel came and, and helped him out, you know, and then was gone. But I have a question for us today. What if, what if it turns out it's Jesus. What if it turns out it's Jesus? Now, have you ever had something happen to you in your life that you just knew it was Jesus? There, there's no other explanation than it was Jesus. Maybe it was an unexpected encounter. Uh, maybe it was a miraculous healing. I've had that in my life, a miraculous healing. I was supposed to undergo back surgery, and while I was on TDY, I was in so much pain, I was figuring I had to come home and, and not even finish my TDY with the Air Force. But through prayer, I called Gene, and I said, I know that they're doing prayer on Sunday night. Pray for me. I woke up Monday morning, and I was fine, literally fine. Went back to the doctors when I got back here. They took another MRI, and they said, you know what? You don't have anything wrong with you anymore. A miraculous healing amazing. It was Jesus. Jesus showed up. It turned out that it was Jesus. Or maybe a blessing from an unknown source. Maybe you've had that in your life. And you have to say, it turns out it was Jesus. Well, that's exactly what happens to Abram in Genesis chapter 14. Now, we're going to head there, and, and I just want to say, uh, Abram, he changed, or God changed his name to Abraham in chapter 17. But in this particular story, he's Abram, and that's how we're going to refer to him. So before we actually go there, I want to kind of set this up just a little bit for you. When Abram lived in Hebron, there was a huge battle between the kings of Mesopotamia and the kings from the Jordan Valley. And we have it graphically right here. It was a huge battle. The Mesopotamian kings actually wiped out the armies of the Jordanian kings. And then they ransacked their cities and they carried off the spoils of war. And people too, by the way. Back to their own country to the north. And as the armies were marching north, Abram got word that his nephew Lot who had been captured because he was living in Sodom at the time, one of the conquered cities. And that's where we're, that's, 
going to be where we pick up this story in Genesis chapter 14, starting with verse 14. So if you don't have a Bible available and you don't have an app on your, on your phone, there's Bibles in the back. And, and if you don't have one at home, it's, it's a gift from us to you. Um, I'm going to be in the NLT for those of you following along digitally. Genesis 14, 14, when Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized the 318 trained men who had been born into his household. Then he pursued uh, Kedorloam's army until he caught up with them at Dan. And, and here we see this here uh, on, re- represented right there on the map. So, Abram recovered all the goods in verse 16 that that had been taken and he brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions and all the women and other captives. Now here's where the story gets really interesting and that's what we're going to focus on today is in verse 18. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem and a priest of the Most High, brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has defeated your armies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods that he had received. Now this was the unexpected encounter in Abram's life at this point. And it was with this mysterious character... Melchizedek. Let's just call him Mel for short, because I'm going to probably get sick of saying Melchizedek for the next 20 minutes. All right, so let's take a look at Mel, and we have a graphic here. What do we learn from, from these verses? We learn that the first thing is that he's the king of Salem, and, and Salem was an early name for Jerusalem, okay? So he's the king of Jerusalem, or the king of Salem at this time. Secondly, we see that he is a priest of the Most High. A priest of the Most High. And then the next thing we see is that he brought nourishment, bread and wine to Abram. He also gave Abram a blessing. And then Abram gave him a tithe or he received the tithe that Abram gave him. Now, on the first reading through this thing, uh, and I know I've done this before I studied this out, is I kind of just zipped right through this story. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Mel shows on the scene, helps out Abram, and then goes about his business. He's some priest or something, right? But let's take a closer look at this story because this story has actually intrigued Bible readers and scholars for centuries, Unlike just about every other character or personality in the book of Genesis, Mel is not connected in any way to any other story. We don't even know Mel's genealogy. And if you know anything about the Old Testament, there's a lot of genealogy in there because that's what it was all about. It's all historical stuff that they like to explain in the Old Testament. We don't have any other stories about him other than this small account in chapter 14 of Genesis. And that's highly unusual for people that are mentioned in Genesis because Genesis, like I said, 
is historical, and there's a lot of interactions between all the characters and personalities in that book of the Bible. Mel just appears in the story and then kind of vanishes and disappears, and that's it. Let's look at this list again real quick. So he's the king of Salem. He's a priest of God Most High. He brought the bread and the wine, nourishment to Abram. He gave Abram a blessing, and then he received the tithe. Mel reminds me a lot of Jesus. If you look at this list of things, I mean, we could insert Jesus into any of those things, and that would be true about him. Now, we do get just a little more information about Mel in the New Testament book of Hebrews. And this takes place about 2,000 years later from what we're talking about now. Hebrews chapter 7, starting with verse 1, says this, This Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also a priest of God Most High. When Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of justice, and the king of Salem means king of peace. So let's stop right there, and and we can add two more things to our list now. We can add the king of justice and we can add king of peace. So moving on to verse 3, it says this, There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning or end to this life, to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God interesting that the writer of Hebrews would talk about Mel that way. And there's one more thing now we can add to our list is that there is no beginning or no end to this person that we see in Genesis chapter 14. That's critical, I think. That's a critical piece of information because if you think this through with me, No beginning and no end. He remains a priest forever. Remains a priest forever. Now that can't be true of any human being. It it just can't. You can't remain a priest forever. People are not eternal. Every human being has a birth date and an end date. But Hebrews tells us that Mel is a priest forever. So who is he? That's the question that we need to ask. So who is he? Well, it turns out it's Jesus. It turns out that it's Jesus. Now, I don't know if if you know uh, this next thought or this this next word that I'm going to share with you, but theologians call this a Uh, Christophany. There's an actual word for it. It's a big, long, weird word, Christophany. And Christophany means an an appearance of Christ. That's what it means. 
Now, you know, this might be just a little hard to comprehend because we think of Jesus in terms of being born, uh, living the life, you know, and we read about his ministry years in, in the gospel accounts, and then we see his death, we see his resurrection, and we see his ascension into heaven. But if you think this through for me, we also know that Jesus was there in the beginning. We talked about that in our origin series. Jesus was there at creation. Jesus has been there the whole time. We know that Jesus was at work in our salvation from the foundation of the world. And sometimes we don't talk about Jesus in those terms. That's why it was really interesting for us to kind of delve into that in our origin series. And if you missed any of the origin series, we do have a podcast available uh, on the app that you can always go back and, and listen to those if you missed it. And so this story about Abram and Melchizedek, we find out every once in a while that Jesus unexpectedly, unexpectedly appears on the scene. And what is he doing here? And, and he does this each and every time we see these Christophanies happen in the Old Testament and in the New. We see that he's blessing. We see that he's serving or healing and he's restoring because that's what Jesus does. Jesus restores, he blesses, and he heals. And you know what? Throughout the whole Bible, we see Jesus showing up when nobody expects him to. Jesus just always shows up when nobody expects him to. John 4 Uh, verses 4 through 26. We're not going to read that story. We've talked about this story before, but it's about the Samaritan woman and the woman at the well, maybe. A lot of times we refer to it like that. She just came to the well to draw water, just an average day in her life. And out of the blue, she encountered the Messiah. And her life was forever changed. I encourage you to go read that story if you're not familiar with it. But it turns out that It's Jesus. The same thing happened to Paul on the road to Damascus when his name was still Saul. Another great story in the New Testament. It takes place in Acts chapter 9. And basically, I'll just give you a little synopsis, is that Saul is a Christian killer, and he has warrants out for people's arrests, and and he gets authority from the government or from the Pharisees and the Sadducees to go to this town and to take care of business and, and round up all these Christians. And on the way, he gets knocked off his horse by a bright light, and then Jesus shows up. And in verse 3 of Acts 9, it says this, And as he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said. Well, it turns out that it was Jesus. It turns out that it was Jesus. A miraculous event took place in the life of Saul. So much so that he changed his name to Paul. And if you read the New Testament, he wrote most of it. He was a great missionary, went on all these missionary journeys, was one of the pillars of the early church, setting up churches all around Asia Minor. 
a great, great story. And it all started off with this Christophany of Jesus showing up unexpectedly and changing Saul's life. It turns out that it's Jesus. And now I want you to think about your own life. Have you ever had an experience where Jesus showed up unexpectedly? I have a good friend of mine. His name's Bernie. And I asked, I asked him if I could share the story with you guys here on Sunday. And he said, sure, absolutely. So Bernie was traveling back to PA, Pennsylvania with his family last year. And they were in somewhere in Indiana or in Illinois. He couldn't exactly remember where he was, but he remembers that they had stopped for lunch. And after they had enjoyed a lunch together, they got back in the vehicle and they took off. And Bernie got kind of turned around, if you know, and, and you don't, but I do know. <laughs> Bernie, he's, he's very meticulous and, and he always knows where he's going. And he's just one of those guys. Uh, he's really good mechanically. He fabricates things. He's just one of these guys that just kind of does everything good, right? But he got turned around in this city, in this town, and he just didn't really know where to go. And finally, they found the interstate after about 20 minutes. So they head back down the road, heading towards Pennsylvania. And about 50 miles down the road, they notice that there's some black clouds out in the distance and stuff, and the weather's kind of turning for the worse. Well, all of a sudden, traffic stops, and the highway patrol had the traffic stop for a while. And they come to find out that 20 minutes earlier, there was this huge, like, Category 3 or 4 tornado that came through that area, right over the interstate, ripped up all kinds of trees, demolished the farmlands, all kinds of stuff. And he got to thinking, 20 minutes, huh? Well, guess what? I was stuck and lost in that last town for about 20 minutes. Had he not gotten all turned around and gotten lost, Bernie and his family would have been right in the thick of that tornado. What if, what if it turns out that it's Jesus? There's, a, there's an elderly woman down in Bozeman at the Bozeman campus called Claudia Gettle. And she just recently, this last week, shared a story with Russ that she had um, gun, you know, because it was icy and stuff. So she had come out of her house and was walking down and she, her feet like flipped out from underneath her. And like I told you, she's an elderly woman, so obviously, you know, you got to be careful when you, when you get to a certain age just because bones get brittle and, and things start happening. But she explained to Russ what had happened is that it felt like arms came underneath her, and not from behind, or it was somebody on the street that was helping her, but arms came from behind, one on her hip and one on her shoulders. And when she got down to the ground, it was like, boom. It was like these arms just set her down on the ground. It turns out that it's Jesus. Jeff Nichols, who you guys know, good pastor friend, comes up here. He's going to be here in a few weeks. He can't wait to get back here to the Great Falls campus. When he was 21, he was a brand new Christian. And a co-worker of his uh, belonged to a cult and was pers- trying to persuade Jeff to, uh, to join the only true church. And so, you know, Jeff at that time was seriously considering it because he didn't know much about Christianity. Like I said, he was a new believer at the time. So, you know, kind of very influential, you know, people could influence him and stuff like that. 
And so at that time, though, he met this person called Ken. And Ken was a Christian pastor who was taking a six-month sabbatical. And he came to work at Jeff's firm. And and here's Jeff's words. I'm going to read this. Jeff wrote this out. It says, over the next four months, Ken mentored me. He showed me how to read and study my Bible, how to pray for God's leading and the deception of that false religion. How their God isn't our God or the God of the Bible. Their Jesus isn't our Jesus. He turned me around, restored my faith, and then one day, Ken just left. I've never seen or heard from Ken again. I looked him up on social media a few months ago with no success. Like Melchizedek, I'm not sure if he was a pastor, an angel, or Jesus himself, but he blessed me and he changed my life. Turns out it's Jesus. Have you ever been heading in the wrong direction? And all of a sudden, kind of like Saul, something, a situation comes into your life and knocks you on your keister. The whole world is changed in an instant. Your whole world is changed. Turns out that it's Jesus. Have you ever been so scared that you could barely breathe? And then someone comes walking on the water to rescue you. Turns out that it's Jesus. We have connectors who will tell you that when the policeman fastened those handcuffs around their wrists, it was a, like a light from heaven shone into their lives and their lives were forever changed. It, everything was changed. It changed their lives. Turns out that it was Jesus. And then there's other connectors that we could talk to that have battled cancer. And it knocked them on the ground. Took every bit of life literally out of them and everything changed. All of a sudden, life was no longer normal for them. All of a sudden, money and fame and houses and cars just really don't mean that much anymore when you're battling something like that in your life. Jesus, at that moment in time, is the only thing that matters. And it turns out that it's Jesus. I don't know what it's been for you. I bet that you've probably thought of different events in your life as I've been talking for the last 10 or 15 minutes. You can point in the past and think about a time, maybe not a situation I've talked about, but another situation to where you could say, you know what, that was Jesus. That was Jesus. It happened to Abram. It happened to the woman at the well. It happened to Saul. It happened to the disciples. It happened to Chris. It happened to my friend Bernie. It happened to Claudia, and it happened to Jeff. Jesus showed up at the most unexpected time in their lives, and nothing was ever the same. Is it possible today, right now, that Jesus could be here? 
Absolutely. Meeting you right here where you're at right now with your deepest need. He can meet that need. He can meet that need right here and right now. It turns out that Jesus is here right now. And he wants to meet that need in your life and in mine. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for your word and how it changes us from the inside out. Lord, it's an interesting study, this little study that we did on Melchizedek. But it brings up several good points that that we can apply to our lives today. First of all, that you are a God of blessing, restoration, and healing. So regardless of the need that that I have or, or that we have in our lives today, you can meet those needs. It also shows us that when we least expect it, you show up on the scene. And we have an unexpected encounter with you. God, I remember that initial unexpected encounter that I had with you more than 23 years ago and how it has forever impacted and changed the course of my life and my family's life. I know that Gene would say the same. So as we're bowed in your presence and we're contemplating this unexpected interruption in our lives, I would pray for those that are here that maybe have not surrendered their life to you. And I know that we talk about this week after week after week, but it's always so exciting for me to be a part of this message and these teachings. And then we just bring it down and we say, we all need Jesus in our lives. Do you have Jesus in your life today? And that's the question that I have for each one of us. And maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life. Maybe you've been thinking about it for a while now and just and just haven't made that commitment yet. Maybe you've been coming to Connect now for a few months or you've been hanging out at the rescue mission, listening to their services, and you just haven't made that commitment. Today's the day for you. And I know for many of us in our lives, we get off track. We find ourselves down roads or alleys that we... We could never think that we'd be down. But today can be your day for a reconnection with Jesus. Once again, our heads are are bowed and our eyes are closed. If that's you, just raise one hand up to catch my eye. I'd like to pray that for you. Thank you. That's you. If you need to make that fresh commitment with Jesus today, thank you. Thank you. Now I'd like for each one of us, just repeat after me as as we rally around those that are, are committing their lives to Jesus. Father God, 
Father God. I thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I call you my Savior today. Jesus, I call you my Savior today. I admit I'm a sinner. I admit I'm a sinner. I believe you came to cancel my debt. I believe you came to cancel my debt. I accept and receive that now. I accept and receive that now. Change me from the inside out. Change me from the inside out. I commit my future steps to you. I commit my future steps to you. Guide me. Guide me. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, we have a a few individuals available. We call that the prayer team over here to my left, your right. If you have a special prayer need, they would love to pray with you right here and right now. So we're just going to spend a few moments while Ryan kind of leads us in some music. And if you have a need and you need somebody, you want somebody to come alongside of you and, and pray about that need, they're available here for the next few minutes. Ryan?